I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Today we are talking about Christmas. We're talking about Christmas and chaos. Oh, I know. Sorry, they go hand in hand sometimes. And how to make a more pleasing season this year. But to do that, to do that, first we got to answer this question right here honestly. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? You've all got a list. We all have a list for sure. Even if you didn't send it to Santa, your heart has been working one up all year long. And so I think it's probably a pretty good idea that we know what's on it, right? You've got one. We need to know what's on it because here's a simple truth. What is in your cart is what is in your heart. That is sometimes unfortunate, but true. What is in your cart is what's in your heart. And that's okay. It's okay. You're not judged by a little bit, but you're not fully judged by it. That's okay. We're kids. We're God's kids. For us kids, that's, that's how we do. We start somewhere because this longing, this desire for something leads us to learn about love. That's where it starts. And it naturally reveals whatever the object of your affection is and the effort that you're willing to expend to attain it, which are two important ingredients because that's all God needs to get a sneak peek at what your true heart really is. You can see based on those two things. So, let me rephrase that question a little bit. What do you want and how are you gonna get it? How are you gonna get it? And if you don't have a good answer, too bad. Christmas tells all. It will reveal exactly the answer to those two truth, or those two questions. And I don't know which is uglier this time of year, the sweaters or the hearts. <laughs> Just take a look around. Look at the traffic. Look at the lines. Look at each other. Mm-hmm. It can get kind of rough out there. I don't know if you guys have been shopping lately. The stampede at Kohl's the other day, I almost was swept up in, it was rough. Because people can become drastic and desperate and even despicable to get foolish, fleeting, fake things. We do it, we all do it. You know, it reminds me, there's a little boy, there was this little boy who was finishing a letter to Santa, sweet. And then he was pleading, pleading for a new PlayStation. And when it dawned on him that even old Saint Nick has to answer to the Lord, you know, Saint Nick. So he scratched out Santa's name and he wrote, Dear God. But then he looked at what he'd written. I've been good a whole year. Uh-oh. That's not going to fly. God's going to be a whole lot more difficult to fool than Santa Claus. So he crossed that out and he changed it to three months. And then thought a little bit more and he scratched that out and said, two weeks? And then he crossed that out too. What to do, what to do? So he got up, got up from his seat and he wandered over to a small nativity scene in the living room and he studied the figures. Just stood there staring at these tiny shepherds, these little wise men and baby Jesus right there. God himself in the flesh right there, lying there, all pure and holy with Mary and Joseph looking on, so pleased and happy. And then suddenly, he was struck by a thought. And he picked up the little figure of Mary, and he ran back to start a new letter. And he wrote, 
Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, And I was only eight years old. <laughs> it is funny, though. It's funny how getting and giving gifts just plainly lays out whatever it is that you've been hiding in your heart this whole year, this whole time. Just thinking about it, just thinking about getting what we want is so exciting that we move it to the top of the list and we forget everything else. There goes manners and finances and bathing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm fixated on that thing. And that chaos that we're left with, what we have at the end of that, the chaos that we're left with becomes our culture. Because we will do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to see a desire fulfilled. If you want an example of that, think of the 12 days of Christmas. You know that song? Yeah. I know it too well. My family thinks it's a cute song to sing. It's 25 minutes long. <laughs> I am not kidding. And I think the kids know it. I think they do one of those, like, it's bedtime. And they're like, can we just sing one song? And then the rooster's crowing. And I'm like, oh, Trixie, you are. Anyway, I'm sick of this song. Love it. Enough about me. Um, this song, though, however, if you listen to it, is insane. It's a crazy. It's a crazy person. Because the guy who's doing this, he's the most organized individual of all time. Twelve elaborately detailed gifts punctually arriving over the course of 12 consecutive days. Not just anything, too. Pipers are piping, lords are leaping, drummers are drumming, swans are swimming, maids are milking, geese are laying. The effort and planning that that must have taken is staggering. I can't imagine. I can't imagine because I would be a hot mess. My pipers would be drumming, my swans would be a milking, and <laughs> nobody wants to see that. That's just gross, right? That's, Yet, yet, somehow we all, every one of us, gets caught up in this chaos because it's addictive. It's addictive for some reason. And we get so captivated and confused by this commercial commotion that we forget what we want, what we really, really want. When what we really need is a little help to ditch the dysfunction. That's what we all need. So. So, forget the 12 days of Christmas. Today we're working to overcome our addiction to this chaos by adapting a tried and true recovery program that has been working for a long time. It is now officially time for the 12 steps of Christmas. All right? We're going to walk these 12 steps together. So let's take it from the top with step one. I must admit I am powerless over the madness. Okay, step one, as much as we wish that we could slow down and control the mad rush and the crush that's all around us, we just can't. You can't do it. We can only control ourselves, maybe. Because <laughs> even, then, even then, things don't often turn out the way that we want them to, right? Or that we mean them to. So, I want everybody to repeat after me, I can't control Christmas. I can't control Christmas. No, we can't. Not even a little. The other day, the other day, my kids asked me what I want for Christmas. Isn't that sweet? That is sweet. And I said, being the saint that I am, I said, who, me? Oh, nothing. The love of my beautiful family is enough. And they rolled their eyes at me and said, all right, okay, great. Come on. Really? 
what do you want? And I said, okay, well, well, I did see this really cool contraption that you put inside of shoes and then you crank them so that they spread and stretch like normal shoes so that they fit people with wide feet. That sounds awesome. I've never been so laughed at in all my life. So mean. I thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> I got it, really. Well, after these bullies caught their breath and walked away, I realized, I don't think I'm getting it for Christmas. <laughs> because here's the truth, here's what's underneath that. Things are dismissed if they're not on our list. It's kind of what gives something value. We just do that first, right? It's based on what I think of it. Not everybody loves the shoe stretchers, apparently. But in a world that is full, which it is, a world that is full of different hearts and different carts, that is a recipe for perpetual chaos. That's, everybody wants something different, and they want it bad, and they'll do whatever it takes to get it. So, since we can't bring ourselves to come together, step two, I must trust in the highest power to restore me. Now, okay, this is a good step, and the original 12-step program does call for a higher power, but that's not good enough for us, all right? We're aiming for higher still. Because you see, I'm a me expert. I know all about me. And letting go of the reins and turning over my trust, oh, it's not going to just anyone. No siree. It's got to go to the highest power only. And that's because anything less than that is an arguable authority. Like, I could find a way around it, and I know me, you can't give me an inch. You cannot give me an inch. It has to be God, and I have to know it. I have to know that it is nothing short of the highest power. So, thank heavens he knew that. He knew what I needed, and he gave it as a gift. Highest power in the flesh, wrapped for Christmas as a swaddled baby, who would later demonstrate the power and proof of a perfect and trustworthy God. It's true. But a gift is no good while it's wrapped, right? Everybody knows that. My wife tries to use that all the time for why we should open them now. She is that person. Why? This is pointless. Let's just do it now. No. You are meant to unwrap it. That's, that's the exciting part. The excitement and the engagement comes in and after its unwrapping, right? We all know that. But do you know when Jesus was unwrapped? In the tomb. He was unwrapped in the tomb. When he rose, he left the gift wrapping behind. Luke tells us, Peter got up and ran to the tomb. And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying there by him, by themselves. That's Christmas morning sounding, right? You know that, piles of linen. He was wrapped as a baby and unwrapped as the risen savior. Amen. That is awesome. And he's the gift that just keeps on giving. He's the gift that keeps on giving because his presence, him coming here, him being with us, Emmanuel, that's only part of the present. That's only part of our present. Knowing Jesus as the highest power means that we must build on that belief. That's what comes next. And as a matter of fact, step three, I must turn my life over to the risen Christ. Unwrap Jesus. You gotta give it all over. Because if you don't receive Jesus unwrapped, you'll miss out on the purpose of the present and the goal of the giver. 
You gotta find out, imagine that. I mean, you open the present, you understand why they gave it to you. That's where the relationship happens. Thank you so much, you knew this about me, I love you for it. So let's consider a very painful and unfortunate metaphor to help us along, Christmas trees, all right? Christmas trees, we make them the centerpiece of our celebration and then we nurse them with water while they slowly, inevitably die. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> What'd you learn at church today? Hey, we're killing trees. <laughs> they do though, they slow, and it's so sad when the tree just stops drinking and then it turns brown. Anyway, okay, <laughs> on a happier note. Remember the woman at the well? Remember the woman at the well? John chapter four says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, here's the unfortunate part. We're like those trees. I mean, we got our needles falling out. Our branches are drooping. I mean, you look good. You got your ornaments on and everything, but your season's gonna pass, right? And it's only Jesus who offers that living water that'll keep you evergreen. But now we can't just hand ourselves over. It's not that he's without a critical and courageous step that we gotta take right here. This one oh, is rough. I must, I must take a fearless moral inventory of myself. Nerds, I don't like that one. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta. You gotta take this fearless moral inventory of myself. You gotta find out what you're like. What are you like? What are you like when you're rushing to get that last minute gift? And then someone steals the last parking space. <laughs> and then the AirPods are all gone, even though the rude clerk condescendingly assured you that there were plenty in stock when you spoke to them earlier on the phone. How do you act? How do you speak? How do you speak and act in moments like those? Are you full of grace and super sweet? <laughs> I don't think so. That person though, that's who God's really working with. We like to say things like, oh, I'm really not, I'm not like myself today. I'm not acting like myself today. The untrue, what we should be saying is I'm acting too much like myself today. <laughs> That's it, stress, this stress, the holiday chaos, everything, this reveals what you're really made of, warts and all, for everyone to see who's in line with you at Fred Meyer. You ever tell somebody, uh, you make me so mad? No, they don't. You make you so mad. People do not have the power to make you mad. They can only test the strength of your values, your grace, and your self-control. Therefore, step five, step five, I must admit my flaws to God, to myself, and to others, another ouch. But you gotta, and others. Look, one Christmas, a young boy got to choose a puppy for his gift. And this is a, this is a different young boy, he's not gonna ransom the puppy, I promise. <laughs> and all the puppies in the litter were, were jumping up and down, all excited, and. He was looking at him. There was one that wasn't, it was just the runt. The runt of the litter was just sitting there, which the boy immediately chose. And the owner explained, this particular puppy is crippled. And the, the excited young boy just simply lifted his pant leg to expose a metal brace and said, that's why I want him. 
sweet. Because the very thing that disqualified the puppy from being chosen by others, most qualified him to be chosen by the boy. He saw himself in there. He knew what that puppy's life was like. He identified with that situation. And Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, reminds us that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he was without sin. Jesus came here, came here on purpose for the wounded, the broken, and the unattractive. And I hate to break it to you, that's good news for us. <laughs> that's us. And that should embolden us to be open about our weaknesses. Right? That's good news. That's good news. He gave his life for us because we are broken and unattractive. That's why we needed it. And we should keep this in mind. We need to remember this all the time as we're fighting our way through the maddening mobs and the despicable drivers and the jerk clerks. Because they, those people, are the very people that he came for, demonstrating the very need for him to come. But that's not enough. That's not enough. Okay, look, this is good. We're on the right track, but that's not enough. It's not enough to just admit your faults and flaws. That's a great step, very important step. But we need to take action. We've got to transform, and we're going to take action with the old transformation two-step, which is what I'm going to call it, because it's two steps in one. Step six, I must be ready to allow God to transform my defects. And that comes with step seven, I must humbly ask his spirit to do the transforming. We ain't doing it ourselves, guys. And we know that at this point now, we know, we know that we're a hot mess. We know where we went wrong, and we're figuring out who's in control. But now, at this stage, we need to, we need to cooperate. We need to cooperate with the will that he is working in our hearts. He's got a plan, you don't. He's got a plan and he can make it happen, you can't. So we gotta work with him, we gotta work with him. Let the will that he's working in our hearts flourish. And isn't it kind of funny, it's kind of poetic, right, that he grows you from the inside using people from the outside. This is not a one-on-one, -on -one. you got that relationship, but boy does he use all of us. He uses all of us for all of us. Which is why it makes sense then that in a season of heart-revealing stress where we're all showing what we're really made of and Jesus-centered conversation, hopefully, I mean, more conversation out there than I've had with a, a lot of people, that in that time, with the stress and the Jesus together, strained relationships start to surface. It just brings that out, the difficult, the difficult stuff, and that helps mold you into who he wants you to be. So to capitalize on the transformation two-step, using other people, we gotta think two steps ahead. We gotta think two steps ahead. In addition to my Christmas list and my gift list, we got step eight, I gotta make another list. I must make a list of all the persons I've harmed. And step nine, I must make amends wherever and whenever possible. You, you gotta, we're told in Matthew, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother or sister, then come and offer your gift. That's the order of operation. And why is that? 
It's because reconciliation is the greatest gift. It is so good. It is everything. There's so much in that reconciliation, restoration, redemption. It just all happens right there. And it is far more meaningful. It is far more relational and powerful than a Hickory Farms cheese box. I promise. Which says a lot because those things are great. I'm just saying. That's a pretty high bar. Delicious. But humbly, humbly taking responsibility for our actions is the best present. It is the best thing that you can offer to somebody who you've wounded or offended. It just, you put it into action and you will be amazed at what happens. However, reconciliation is a dish that is best served warm. You don't just do it once. You got step 10. I must continue to promptly admit when I am wrong. I wish that wasn't true. So I apologized once several years ago. I was hoping it would stick <laughs> in perpetuity. But you got to keep doing it. You keep making mistakes. I keep making mistakes. You got to continue to admit when you're wrong. Take God up on this amazing offer. Try to be the first to apologize in the next three conflicts that you have over Christmas. And if you're not completely satisfied with the results, he will gladly refund your misery. <laughs> Guaranteed. He would, but I don't, think he's got, I don't think he's got a returns department because, spoiler alert, humility works every single time because it feels good and it makes good. We all know it in hindsight when it happens, right? Why was I waiting so long? It's so good. It just makes good. The only problem is it just doesn't come natural to us humans. You've got to work for it. That's why it's this far down the list, which is why we need to outsource that motivation and that strength with step number 11, I must pray for knowledge and power to know and do his will. It's not coming from you. Right in the middle, in the middle of the Christmas chaos, we have to make a very deliberate choice. If we actually want to be an ambassador for the one that we are claiming to celebrate. It is up to you. Because he likes using us kids as his ambassadors in spite of our Yuletide dysfunctions. It was the thing that you said last week about uh, missionaries. The best missionaries are always one of the natives. You're a hot mess. Go to the hot messes. That's, that's how it works. And the reason for this is simple. It's very simple. The people that he has surrounded us with and is sending us to have just as big a need for an unwrapped savior as we do. Which brings us to the 12th and final step, guys. Step 12, I must carry his message to all who will listen. Can't get around it. If we want, if we truly want to get what he's got, we gotta give him what he wants. And do you know what dad wants for Christmas? It's you. It is us. It is everybody in between. Dad wants us all. He wants the whole family. He wants nothing less. He'll settle for nothing less. He wants the whole family home for Christmas so that we can all enjoy his presence. That's crazy. And yes, that means everybody. Everybody. And yes, just like my shoe stretchers, you got to go get them even if you don't like them. Some of us, that's a little tricky, but you better invite that grumpy neighbor of yours. They're all coming. 
And remember, they're just a few steps away. They are all just a few steps away from being in your cart and in your heart as long as you just work the program. Reflect his love and his grace in the middle of the mayhem. And then no matter what, no matter what's on the wish list, we will all get what we want for Christmas. I guarantee it, what we really, really want. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray, guys. Father God, we just, we love you. We love you, and we truly want to make your will our plan as we're making our way home to give you the gift that you first gave us, our lives. Holy Spirit, help us to fill our hearts and our hearts with each other as we take steps to overcome ourselves and learn to love like you. And Lord Jesus, encourage us as we let go of our control. Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.